Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast, where we answer the question and the question that everybody wants to know is how you can hear from the side of the finals? You can't even get in. How can you hear from the side of the finals where you can't even get in? And that is like the perfect, perfect, the most <laughs> yeah. perfect comment that could be made for this podcast tonight because we are talking about the NBA playoffs 2022. And there's all, there are Ooh. a lot of teams tonight especially dealing with what we, what we just witnessed with the Heat Celtics Game 7. I was right. <laughs> Who are hating from outside the finals, and they can't even get in. Miami Heat. <laughs> Miami Heat. And Ooh. sad to say, my Dallas Mavericks are hating from outside the finals as well. Um, so are the Grizzlies. Uh, it's a lot of teams that lost. Brooklyn. Um I know you think of some. Uh, Let's not talk about Brooklyn there. Brooklyn, Bucks, uh, uh, Sixers. For all you Sixers fans out yeah. there, I r- humbly apologize. S- S- Suns. Suns. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Utah, of course. Of course, Utah. Utah is in the playoff team. Uh, Sorry for yeah, all our Utah fans, yeah. but you know, you know what you have in Utah. You know. You know what you have there. Especially next year. Oh, <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> Except older. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to get a year older. Donovan Mitchell's still going to be like the youngest person on the team, and that's just how it's going to go. Yep. All right. All righty. What are we talking about first, Chris? So I think that I want to hear because I, you know, mm. I personally watched the game as it went on with the Boston Heat, with the Boston Celtics, and the Miami Heat. So I think that you should start with the Dallas Mavericks because you are a Texan. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks Warriors. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, Dallas Mavericks Warriors. I, you know, I chose the Golden State Warriors for a reason. Um, they're different tier as a team than Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, uh, and also in the playoffs, you have to watch out for teams that are built similarly to new, but do what you do better. And that's what the Golden State Warriors are. Best three players on Dallas Mavericks, all guards. Best three players on the Golden State Warriors, all guards. They're just better than you. So. Um, <clears throat> I think moving forward, I don't think there's anything crazy to take away of like the matchups and how things went down because the Warriors were just in a different tier as a team than the Dallas Mavericks. My takeaway for what the Dallas Mavericks should be doing moving forward mm-hmm. is that they need wing talent. That's what I would pursue at an extreme level. Look, Luca just showed you for the next 10 years that he can at least carry you to the playoffs. And you have to be aggressive. Uh, 
aggressive. He just took you to the Western Conference Finals without another guy that you can cons- can can consistently bank on averaging 16 a game. Yeah. Jalen Brunson's right around there. Spencer Dudley's right around there. But neither one of those guys are, like, on a good team, a winning basketball team, neither one of those guys are those kind of guys. Now, they're just around that, but the point is, is they need forward depth. They need guys in the, that can go get their own bucket. Chris Middleton types, Kawhi Leonard types, and that's another thing they need, defensive talent. Mm. They need more defensive talent on that team because Luka, Luka can get hunted. Golden State Warriors showed you that that man can't defend, and when you hunt him, you know, it's hard for him to guard everybody defensively and have the effort to go offensively. That's what the Golden State Warriors did. They they attacked that one man so beautifully. And, you know, they in the draft, I would probably say either trade those picks or try to draft a defensive center. There's a lot of good defensive centers in the draft this year uh, since, you know, I'm looking at that stuff all, a lot because – we're gonna we're basically really really good at our draft takes, um, and that'll be in the off season. But that's something I would focus for the draft. But I would say be aggressive, be aggressive. Go trade four or five picks to go get a guy. I mean, dear goodness, could you imagine a few years ago if Luca we would have known what Luca is now, and Paul George was quasi available on the Oklahoma City Thunder, yeah, and they went and got Paul George. This this is a team that dominates the West. Yeah. Now, if they had Paul George, what he was then, and Luca now, so be aggressive. Put all your chips in the table for an All Star and say, you know what, you know, I screw all you guys in the West. We're gonna go get it, you know, and we're gonna put defensive players around. Look at look at the way the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat are built around their stars. They got a lot of defensive talent on those teams. And, you know, Steph's not a great defensive defensive player, but he's got a lot of defensive talent on that team. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have a similar problem where Trey can't guard, and they you see how much they need defensive talent because they can score with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's about being a complete basketball team, getting there while also gaining more forward scoring talent. Because... If you put a great center with with Luca, yeah, you might be able to run a pick and roll well, but you know it's not a an amazing pairing because Luca needs the spacing. Go go get yourself a bucket on the wing, mm-hmm. and that'll fit perfectly. So that's what I think the Dallas Mavericks should do. That's what I I uh, you know there's no shame in making the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I remember a long time ago, not a long time ago, but you know I've listened to a lot of NBA media stuff, and one of the things that I think applies to Dallas Mavericks is Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons. Isaiah Thomas said that they learned a lot losing to the Boston Celtics because they learned how to be winners, mm-hmm. and it's a privilege to make it to the Western Conference Finals and to meet and lose to the Golden State Warriors, who are the greatest winners of the past decade, other than the man named LeBron James. Greatest team winning in the last decade is the Warriors. So it's a privilege to lose to them because they learned a lot of things of how to be winners in the playoffs, how to be a winning team, how to you know be the guy that dives on the floor, all those type of things. You know, And they, they made great progress. They found their great head coach. You keep him there for the next decade. Jason Kidd is the right guy for that job. Never fire him. And that's that's the way 
I think the Dallas Mavericks should think about this, and that's my takeaway. Oh, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so one thing I will say is that with the Warriors, we know what we're going to get from the Warriors. But what really surprised me with the Dallas Mavericks was that it was kind of like Luca's coming out party. You know, like considering mm-hmm. what he had on his team, what he was able to accomplish. You know what I mean? And it's also Jason Kidd. Like a lot of people are going to look at Jason Kidd a little bit differently when it comes to coaching because of what he was able yes. to accomplish with so, with so little and just Luca. Um, with that being mm-hmm. said, going forward. I couldn't agree more. I think they do need to just be aggressive, and I think they have the right ownership to do so. I think that yes. Mark Cuban will look at the team and go, Luca, yes. what do you need? Luca will be like, I need this. Mm-hmm. And Mark Cuban was like, I'll go get it for you. It's, it, I think it's going yeah. to be that simple. Um, and I th- yeah. and going forward, because they're, they're young. Luca's young. You, you know what I mean? These A lot of these teams with veteran um, – presence they're getting older that's why they're veterans now they're getting mm-hmm. older it, it it's time to move out the way um the these young teams like you know the Giannis Antetokounmpo led Bucks and the Luca led Dallas Mavericks they're about to take over the league very soon um so I think that just if they can just go forward and find just the correct talent they'll they'll dominate the West for years mm-hmm. to come yeah, I mean, when you have a Luca level guy, man, the window is always open. Mm-hmm. The window is always open. All it takes is one guy to be disgruntled with his team, you know. He leaves, like Zach Levine this year. Ooh, be like if I'm Zach idea. Levine, I am thinking about it. Yeah, I know the Bulls are good. Yeah, you showed me you can try to win a championship, but Demar Derozan isn't twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I, you know, it, it, that's the thing when you have Luca and he showed that he can do this and take a team to the Eastern Conference Finals in the modern NBA. You're basically putting a bright red flag that says, "Hey, are you good? Oh, you are. Why not? You're gonna think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like." He's such a high-level guy that everybody's going to think about him mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this definitely was a Luka coming out party. It's definitely going to make Dallas way more attractive than what it was. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. were already skeptical. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even though we were seeing mm-hmm. Luka, like, fight against the Clippers but not really succeed, a lot of people were still skeptical. Very impressive. But a lot of people were skeptical on Luka still. Like, can he, like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. great, but will he be able to will the team? And I think that with that switch mm-hmm. in coaching, it really like was able to showcase Luca. And now, now he's gonna have like he looks like Derrick Rose with the Chicago Bulls, minus the MVP. Like you remember when Derrick Rose like was like coming out and mm-hmm. he really was dominating the league, and everybody was like, "Oh, we and like LeBron go. and D Wade thought about going there. Yeah, Carmelo thought about going yeah. there, but then he said, um, mm-hmm. I, "They can come here if they want to. I don't really care." Luca's like in that position right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great um re- example because how quickly do Rose raise Rose up to greatness mm-hmm. is qu- kind of similar to Luca because his rise has just been so meteoric so fast. Yeah. So um, I completely agree with that. Oh, yeah, it's impressive. It is. All right. Yeah. You ready to kick it to the East? Yeah, let's go to the East. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Well, you got it right, so you should you should talk about it first. Okay. So, yeah, man, this game was really exciting from beginning to end. The Celtics came yes. out red hot and was 
given the Miami Heat problems from the jump. I mean, everybody was everywhere. Let's give a big shout out to Al Horford with those two big blocks. That was, look, you may be 40, but damn it, you can still jump. <laughs> Man, does, he doesn't look 40. Right. I don't know if he's 40 or not, but you know what I mean. He's old. He looks like he looks like a guy that will used to be on the Bowflex commercials that like you can be old like me and be really fit. Like he's like yeah. oddly fit, like old man. He's old, old man. man Al. Old man Al. Um <laughs> But one thing I will say is that a problem that I've seen with the Celtics is that mm. they have too many times where they just go completely cold. Like, nothing goes mm. their way. And they yeah. start to rely on a three-point shot, knowing that their bread and butter as a team is within the paint. When they were running the fast break earlier, keeping the tempo up and in the paint every single play, that's when they were able to build their mm-hmm. lead. Yeah, they still were able to maintain a lead throughout, but they they got to a point where they got where they were up eleven. I think it was in the second quarter. It was like fifty, fifty some fifty to something. I think it was, and they were <clears> shooting <throat> threes. Everybody took at least two threes in that like maybe two minutes period, about. And then the Heat came roaring back and put and got it within like seven or like nine or seven. Like you you can't let that happen, mm-hmm. especially when you're think about moving forward now. Moving forward to the Golden State Warriors, you cannot have periods where you just can't get a bucket. That that w- that will be very detrimental to your chances of winning, because mm-hmm. the fact is that this is something that you hit on in other in previous podcasts was that there's a level that the Golden State Warriors are able to hit because they have so many offensive talents. They they mm-hmm. like okay, so if Curry gets cold, okay, boom, we got Jordan Poole to rely on. Oh, okay, wait, Jordan Poole may not be scoring that much. You still have Clay. Wait, we have Wiggins. Okay, you could just keep going down the list. That's something that the Miami mm-hmm. Heat had, but the problem with the Miami Heat was that there wasn't Tyler Hero was out for one, but that's besides the point. And then we had Victor Oladipo, who really wasn't playing really well. And then that can't, got me in my mind where I said that it doesn't matter exactly how much scoring talent you have because you can't put them all on the floor at the same time. They come in at intervals. So hmm. if you can't get them to get going when they get in the game, then it doesn't really matter how much talent you have. And that's what we've seen tonight. Victor Oladipo is a talented yeah. scorer for sure. If you can't get hmm. him going, then it doesn't matter how much talent you have because he's not able to produce like you would like him to. Um, greatly mm-hmm. defensive. I mean, greatly played defensive. Greatly played game defensively. Um, on both sides, honestly. Um, Al Horvath's two blocks. Jimmy yeah. Butler with that big steal. Um, they're just it's so it was so many foul calls because it was such a physical game. Mm-hmm. I think that playing yeah. physical, especially going into the next round with the Golden State Warriors, that might actually help them out a little bit. Because they do, yes, they play real a lot of perimeter game. So, like, if you can get them to, mm. like, you know what I mean, knock them around a little bit, they you might be able to really open it up if you can. You know what I mean? You might be able to, mm. you know how? Um, let me see if I could take it back. Um, in, in the the in the great era of the nineties, <laughs> how if you were a great mm. scorer, you came inside, 
and they knocked you around a couple times, you thought twice about going back in there. <laughs> yeah. That that might be what might, you know, win them a couple games. So um, I, I'm really impressed with the Seas, um, especially after winning this game. I just think that they just need to figure out how to limit those dry spots a little bit more because – this game definitely should have been blown open in the second quarter. This game should have been with with should not have been within reach. It should not have gone to. Mm. I mean, at I me mean, like yeah, the Miami Heat were playing greatly, but it just came down to the seeds where they had too many. They had too many dry spots where they just weren't able mm-hmm. to get anything. They were playing great defensively, but mm. it was just wasn't. They weren't able to get anything, and because you have, yeah, it was like. Heat, 8-0 run. Okay, defensive. I mean, now we're going to lock the Heat down. Okay, C's, 8-0 run. Okay, now they're going to lock the Celtics down. Okay, wait, Heat, 8-0 run. It's just like, it's kept, it, this really proved the point that the basketball is a game of runs because it's really just turned into, mm-hmm. oh, we can score eight points in a row. We can score eight points in a row. Yeah. We can just match you every single time. Like it was really odd like that. It was a yeah. very odd game. but Game it was, seven, yeah. It yeah. still was a very good game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that mm-hmm. game um yeah you got anything oh yeah game seven and are, are you done yeah okay yeah um my takeaways from this game in the series is uh then I'll, I'll hit closely into the miami heat is that the boston celtics defense is is special against certain matchups and you know, a team that doesn't have an overly dominant center, big post play, can't really take advantage of the six foot nine power forward and center combination that the Celtics have. Um, and it was really great to see that the Celtics are a really great defensive team, like we all thought. Um, Jalen Brown, you know, he, even though you can make an argument that he gets away with a lot of elbows, a lot of push offs, he gets away with a lot. Yeah. But on the other opposite of the spectrum, he is really, really consistent. You know, I'm not 100% certain that Jason Tatum... Jason Tatum won the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, right? Yeah, but I thought Jalen Brown should have got it. I was... I'm, like, completely with you. Like, I, I'm i surprised that Jason Tatum got it. I, it might just be that he's the bigger name. Maybe. Because, uh, I mean, Jalen Brown was, like, the consistent guy all series let's see here he had 24 this game 20 last game 25 game 5 12 game 4 40 game 3 24 21 game ones and two and jason tatum had 26 30 22 31 10, 27, 29. I think my memory is, was fuzz, fuzzy. He, he deserved that. Um, you know, those two are really, really a great combo. And, uh-huh. you know, Ime Oduoka has done a great job of curing their old illness, which is they used to just run both sets from the wing and kind of negate each other. Uh-huh. But Jalen Brown runs a lot more stuff from the top of the key. But Jason Tame is more the wing guy now. Um and I feel like this is the best version of Marcus Smart we've seen, even though sometimes he can shoot them out of games. Um, like last game where he shot the most, he attempted the most shots out of anybody on his team last game. And um, 
you know, this this team plays together, play their style of basketball, and they're very, very, very good. Uh, Boston Celtics really, really are going to be a good, they're a worthy NBA championship finals contender NBA finals team, um, a worthy representative of the East. I'm not 100% certain if they would have been able to get through the Bucks. Um, but you know, we'll never know. And I'm, you know, I chose the Miami Heat to win the series. And I truly do think that if Hero's not out for games five, six, seven, you know, he played game seven, but he wasn't really healthy. You know, they came out and said, Oh, this injury is going to be multi week injury. And then he came out, you know, yeah. came out for the next game, barely got any minutes. Look, didn't look the same. Like it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Butler was playing like it. You know, I, I, um, so, and I'm glad that's my transition to the Miami Heat, which is something I've been thinking a lot about. And I really think that a lot of questions about the Miami Heat have to do with, is this the end of their, um, window? Uh, and there's a few other things that I want to talk about. And the things I want to talk about is where do we rank Jimmy Butler as the best players in the NBA? How the heck do you rank that guy? Because he's a low-tier all-star in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But he turns into a solidified superstar where he looks like he's better than Jason Tatum mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference Finals. But Jason Tatum, you if you compare the regular season stats, it's not even close. Like, how in the world do we calculate what Jimmy Butler is, he's a lot like Rondo. He's just at a star level of that. Where Rondo was a decent player in the regular season, but in the playoffs, man could win you a series. Yeah. <laughs> Playoff Rondo in his day. Like that dude, you know, Donovan Mitchell's something similar. The man in the regular season, he's like 25, 6. Playoffs, it's 30 and 6, 35 and 6. Jamal Murray, the year that he made that great run where they beat the Clippers and dropping 40 balls, 50 balls. He averaged like 22 that season. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain players that are just like this that are really hard to rank, but I feel like he has to be top 10 best players in the NBA. I would say so. And it's like after Jokic, mm-hmm. after Jokic, seven, eight, nine ish. That's his range. And it's crazy to say that because he's just not a top 10 player in the NBA during the regular season. Just to be frank with you, it's not even a conversation. But for some reason, it's just like, I've never, there's never been a player like this that goes from borderline all-star or low-tier all-star to NBA superstar in the playoffs. Like, how do you calculate Jimmy Butler, Chris? Um. So, with that being said... um. I would say that when you have great players, a lot of great players rise to the occasion. They don't really take they they mm-hmm. play just the you know just well enough to solidify their spot in the playoffs. And then when it, the chips are on the you know on the table and it matters most, they really truly shine the brightest. And Jimmy Butler is one of those players. Mm-hmm. We've seen this. 47 points in a elimination game in game six held the Dear best players goodness, to 10 and 12. That was an amazing game. That, that's like crazy. He had 40 the game one. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's just crazy what he, what he has been able to accomplish 
in these playoffs, time and time again, when the lights are the brightest, he shines the brightest as well. Um, just it just didn't fall his way today. I think that I, you know, mm-hmm. for me personally, I picked the C's to win. You know what I mean? And I end up being right about that. Mm-hmm. But after watching Game Seven, it could have went either way. If that three would have mm-hmm. failed, game's over. Jim, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. I did not expect that game. To get, Max Struess hits that three, stadium erupts. Yeah. And then Jimmy Butler comes down. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's not really the guy you want shooting a three to win it, but, you know. I would have preferred if he would went inside and, and played in the mid-range. Go to your strong suit at that point. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You were, you were just, a bit, just a bit too greedy. I know you wanted to win that game bad, just a bit too greedy. You had the lane. You had It was one person yeah. to beat. It was one person mm. to beat. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather you take the higher percentage yeah. shot, tie it up, and force the C's to get into panic mode. Mm-hmm. Force yeah. Tatum to beat I you. agree with you. I agree with you. So let's, let's transition here to is the Miami Heat window closed after this year so i wouldn't say so because as long as you have jimmy butler on that team and he's no spring chicken Mm. but he's also inching he's he's in the middle of his prime right now we start seeing his prime i would say probably around the lakers when when he went to the finals with them and the team has been consistent you know what i mean they added kyle Lowry. kyle Lowry can still play um just i would just say just run it back because he's 32 I, I still say he's he's not the way he the way he plays he won he does he's not super athletic he's not really throwing caution to the wind with his body and things like that mm. he may fall every once in a while but I really don't see it coming to the point where his game won't age well um especially since he is thirty two I think that he still will be able to be as efficient and you know kind of a borderline all star all star superstar type talent uh, mm. for for a couple more years to come. So I would not say that the window has closed because I, they were close. I wouldn't even change yeah. too much about this. I would, you know, let Hero here heal up, you know, and um, let him come back again and try it all again. Because I, I don't say that window is closed at all. I, I, com- I completely agree. I uh, believe that the East is still wide open. It has not been solidified in anybody's favor. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that argument. I um, I personally could see the argument of it closing from the perspective of Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker getting up there, like up there, up there in age. 37, yeah. 35, 36, 38. Next year, those are the kind of age ranges for those two guys. Um, man, you know, and another thing I've been talking about all year, Tyler Hero. Why is your second best score off the bench? Why is it an issue? Because I think Tyler Hero has a confidence issue. Tyler Hero is coming off the bench, and it's hard to have that inhumane confidence that you are a bucket and have the confidence from the team to go get your shot all the time when you're not being a two a starting two guard. How are you supposed to be the guy that's always aggressive, the guy that always takes the shots? the guys that always initiates everything, if you're not doing it during the regular season. I mean, I I can't count the amount of times that I've seen Tyler Hero late in the shot clock, and he passes the ball 
and Kyle Lowry passes the ball back. That's a lack of confidence problem. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, you know, even though he's going to age out and he might not be able to be a relevant player for this team next year, he has a great basketball mind. And he knows that guy right there can go to get us a bucket at any moment in time. But he can't build his confidence. He needs to be the starting two. How is he supposed to say, I'm better than Max Strews, F-U-C-K, Max Strews, Miami Heat organization, make me your starting two guard? Mm-hmm. How is he supposed to say when he's on the court, I have all the confidence in the world because I'm that guy? And you know who has this is a great example of this? Look at Jordan Poole. How long of a time frame of this season did he have to build his confidence next to Steph as the starting two guard? Yeah. He had about 60 to 50 games before Klay Thompson came back. Mm -hmm. And then he comes to the bench. But he always has that swag now. He always has that confidence. I'm a killer. I did it in the regular season. I was the starting two guard for the Golden State Warriors. Man, I was dropping points, getting buckets. And when he gets in the playoffs, no hesitation. Mm-hmm. How many? I mean, Jordan Poole never passes up a shot. That man is aggressive, confident. They're not breeding confidence for Tyler Hero. They're stunting his development. I honestly believe that. The man came in the league averaging 15, and he's only averaging 19 so far. You know what I mean? He came in as a bucket. They 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 almost ruined him last year. You know what I mean? Mentally. And they, they did it again. If he is not their starting two guard next year... Something's wrong. Eric Spolstra, man, I, everything else he does is magical. But this is where I will vehemently disagree with what they're doing with Tyler Hero. And why am I so upset about it? Um, Hello, can the Miami Heat score more than 100 points in the game? You think you might need a guy that could get you a bucket not named Jimmy Butler? <laughs> you know, Jimmy Butler's got to play 48 minutes in the game to try to score 35 points. He's got to drop 47 points, 40 points. You know what I mean? They need a second guy that can go get us a bucket, and they have that talent on the team, but they're stunning it. Yeah. They're stunting it. And another issue that they have is they got to figure out what they're going to do with the two guard. Because you have an undrafted guy, Max Struess, who just got Eastern Conference Finals exposure as a starting two guard on the Eastern Conference Finals team. You have Duncan Robinson, who's a $100 million man getting one minute a game. Yeah. That one, I would love that contract. And then you got Victor Oladipo. Like, those are four shooting guards. And one of them's the best score shot creator on the team. They need to figure out what they're going to do. Now, I would trade two of them. Seriously, I move two. I don't care who you move, but you could get something back, right? You 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 could use, you know, P.J. Tucker's aging, Paul Lowry's aging. You, you could use a point guard, a small forward. You know what I mean? Go get something. And another thing is Bam Adebayo as much as I love him defensively, he needs to be more aggressive. There was a game where Jimmy Butler was hurt, and the I think it was game three or four, and uh, I think it was game four, no, game three, where they were going into Boston, and they weren't supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Boston, everyone thought Boston was going to go up 3-1 and win their two straight home games, and he put up 29 that game, 29-8 and something. That was an aggressive bam. He's a little too 
oh, I'm just going to do whatever fits in our system. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to be a little more aggressive. They got to let him let him loose a little bit more. They need to let Tyler Hero and Bam develop, right? They need to let these guys grow in confidence. Because, I mean, he flashes some stuff, man, where he, he's handling the basketball and he's going straight to the rim. And he's either getting fouled or getting two points. Or, you know, putting the defense in a position where it's a really tough position. They get the rebound and they score. You know what I mean? Like, he flashes some really impressive things sometimes, and they just need to let him do it more. He's so much more than a screen setter and a pick-and-roll guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a guy who can make good passes. Um, so, you know, those are my things. I think they have to figure out what to do to two-guard position. Tyler Hero, dear goodness, is not a six-man. All right? You got shown that. Make it right. And they got to let Bam loose a little bit more offensively. I what do you say, think about the Heat for the future? I would say Tyler Hero, that one is spot on. They definitely need – you talked about this before during the regular season. They need to take him off the bench and make him a starter. That is like your second-best scorer on your team. You need to let him loose allow him to really grow and become the and become the scorer that you want him to be because, like you said, Jimmy Butler's 32. That window will be closing very soon, yeah. and you will have nothing to fall back on. But yes. if you develop Tyler Hero now, he will take you places. He can become your superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The next thing, um, Bam Adebayo. Um, I saw during this game, he was really like, I'm going to take a seat and allow Jimmy Butler because mm-hmm. it works better when Jimmy Butler gets his points. I'm going to let him get everything that he needs. I'm just going to just look. Mm-hmm. I think he had like 20-something, but just imagine if he took a step forward and been just a bit more aggressive. We saw the ball handling ability. We mm-hmm. saw that he was that his, you know, his layup package and things like that, what he was able to do when he's when it's just one-on-one. He cuts through mm-hmm. the lane like nothing. It's if he's just a bit more mm-hmm. aggressive, this game turns out a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, early yeah. on, I think he might have lost his confidence for one during the, during Game Seven because I'm, I'm just gonna speak on Game Seven because that's the one that I, you know. Um, Most missing missing those missing those floaters, missing those floaters early on. Point blank range floaters, clank clank. He missed a jump shot and they were down. They were it was like twenty four six. Like it was like it. He lost his confidence at that point. Yeah, he started to build confidence a little bit more, knock down a couple shots, but it really never truly clicked. And really, he never really turned, flipped the switch, and turned it on like I wanted him to. It was really a quiet mm. 20, 20 plus points. You know, it wasn't really yeah. like a, I'm here. It's me and Jimmy's game to win. It was like Jimmy's winning. Yeah. I'm going to come along. Mm. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. He's like, I'm playing follow the yeah. leader. Jimmy's gonna drop his points. He's gonna he's gonna lead our team, and I'm just gonna just slowly come along and do what I can. But I just really wanted to see him. Okay, I got this. We got this. Me and him, we got this. And that's what they needed. If they can ever cultivate that kind of confidence within within Bam Autobio, this team will be great for years to come. If they can ever cultivate that kind yeah. of talent, I mean that not talent, but that kind of confidence within Tyler Hero, this team will be great for years to come. That's why I say that their window is mm. not closed because they still have yeah. a chance. They still have a chance, and if yes, they do they not do. recognize their chance before it's too late, those two guys will leave, and they will be done. Yeah, because I mean, I, I you can't tell me that in the playoffs next year that you can't imagine Jimmy averaging 26, Hero averaging 22, and Bam averaging 20. 
it's possible. How reasonable does that sound? Very. How I mean, that's a big three. Mm-hmm. That's more than what Giannis gets from Chris and Drew. You know what I mean? Like, I. It's 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 confidence. Confidence is key. We we they gotta they gotta get you know they dress with swag, but they gotta play with swag. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, get, get, you kind of get some confidence in that that squad. So, you know, hopefully they can make fix those things. I love watching the way they play basketball. You know, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. Some people might hate it, but it is. It is what it is. I want to know All how right. do you get that? Go ahead. How do you get that Lakers series telehero and say? No, go sell the bench. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't know how you rookie do that. year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. how you see that rookie year and they go, Nah, uh-huh. we don't need you. Go sell yeah. the bench. <laughs> yeah. How do you- Who, Chris? Chris, could you imagine 2019? All right, Chris. In two years, Duncan Robinson will have gotten paid a hundred million dollars. Tyler Hero would be the sixth man. And some random undrafted guy named Max Schroes would be the starting two guard I would never in guess. the Eastern Conference playoffs. I would never guess. <laughs> like, I would never guess. what? <laughs> After seeing that series, that Lakers series, and I had to go back, is like I was like, okay, this guy has arrived. He's legit. Uh-huh. It's yeah. it's his it's his it's his like he was playing so free. It's his league, you know what I mean? And then like yeah. then the last season came, and I was like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. And this season came, and I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, wait! I'm starting to see him coming back." And then the next thing I know, it was like, mm-hmm. "Where'd he go?" So, I mm-hmm. make the right decision, um, cultivate your confidence in these guys. Let them cultivate their confidence because these are your future. If you do not, mm-hmm. and they walk, or you be stupid enough to trade them, you will ruin your team. But yeah. with that being said, I mean, in general, it's. It's a hard. It's hard to trade Duncan with his hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, like, that's a hard contract to move. They might have to sit on it and trade Strauss and Vic to make it work. I would do that. That's who I would trade. I'd be like, oh, everybody saw that guy on the Eastern Conference Finals team that kept Tyler here on the bench. Yeah, five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. You know, I'd be like, start yeah. the bidding. Right. Start the bidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. But one thing I will yeah. say about that is that. Mm-hmm. Throughout history, the veteran team normally wins the championship. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably why, you know, these older guys, older teams are really kind of trying to team up now. Because if you yeah. have the veteran, if you've been there, you have like, a, you know, you're used to being in the league. You don't really have those first game jitters anymore. Mm-hmm. You've been here for a minute. You've been to the playoffs. You have kind of a championship DNA. Those guys are the ones who yeah. normally win championships. The yeah. older guys normally yeah. win. The younger guys normally lose, and then kind of build that confidence over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, since we've covered those things, I think it's a natural transition. NBA Finals, break it down in depth, matchups, all those type of things. Let's tease our picks until the end, right? Okay. Tease our picks. So. When you when I say Boston Celtics versus Warriors, what do you think is the things that are going to be deciding that series? And you know, break down those matchup, breaks down those strengths and weaknesses. Let me let me hear what you have to say. Um, I think a strength of the Celtics, and I kind of hinted at this earlier. 
um, mm. especially when it comes into the Warriors, is that they're a physical team. They were able yes. to kind of sort of match the physicality of the Miami Heat, but the Warriors are not really a physical team. They're not really, okay, we're going to take some charges. We're not going to really mm. fall. We're not, you know, they're kind of really, okay, we're going to live at the perimeter, and if we gonna, we have skill to break you down, but we're really not going to be as physical and try to draw a lot of fouls or cause a lot of fouls. We're not gonna, they're not that type of team. But the Boston Celtics have shown mm. that they have a high level of defense that they can hit, and then they can also be very physical, and that may cause. Mm-hmm. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN a problem for the Warriors seeing that they do really play kind of, I, w- I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say a kind of a pretty boy basketball, you know, like they're like, oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to knock these shots down. And, but if you can get Marcus smart, you know what I mean? To draw fouls and to cause problems, get Jason Tatum to really get in there and kind of defend at a high level. Jalen Brown is defending at a high level. Just kind of just get those guys to really, okay, believe that we got this. They could really push the Warriors. I still will stick with whatever it may be that my pick is because I'm just teasing. Um, but I I could, I think that that might be their greatest strength heading into this matchup. And their weakness is something else that I was said before, is that their dry spells that they have. That mm-hmm. can cause problems for themselves mm-hmm. because the Warriors have a level of scoring output that they can hit that cannot be matched if you can't score. They We have seen mm-hmm. these in the past years where they will go on runs. And I'm not talking about 8-0 runs. I'm talking like 12, 14-point runs because once one shot goes in, Eight more follow. <laughs> and mm. it's just crazy from then on. And then you're just, now you're down 20, and that happened in five minutes. Mm. The whole time, you can't score, you can't buy yourself a bucket. That will be mm. their greatest downfall if they do not figure that out. And the one reason, and the only way they could figure that out is if they attack the paint more. If they can somehow mm. figure out a way to keep that tempo and run it, run the ball down the Golden State Warriors' throats, they can win a series. But that's what it would take. It would take physicality, keeping the tempo, attacking the paint, not really living and dying with three-point shot. Hit it every once in a while, mm-hmm. but don't live and die with it, and try to limit the dry spells. Every team's going to have a mm-hmm. point in time where they just can't score, but you have to. But as long as Jalen Brown can keep some kind of consistency and kind of just keep that going for them, and then maybe you can get Jason Tatum to kind of come along a little bit more than he has been lately. Mm-hmm. They might be able to win a series. 
All right. So after you broke everything down, who do you think is going to win? Um, well, I didn't get to the Warriors yet. The like the Warriors are like the all time okay, best team. I mean, like it's like it's not. They have it's so crazy because I would have mm. not really guessed that this is what I would be seeing from this Warriors team. Even like I knew what Curry was capable of because I was like, okay, he should have won an mm-hmm. MVP. One, you know, even though he didn't make it to the playoffs that year, but I was like, I was not really. It's I'm not saying it surprised me. But it surprised me not really knowing what was on that roster and not knowing how mm. Wiggins would work eventually, not really seeing the future of what they were putting together. But now that this all came together and they've and the coaching has made it perfect now, it's a complete, I'm like, wow. So it's not really much you can say about the Warriors because the Warriors are, have always been the Warriors. No matter who's on the team, the Warriors mm. have been the same exact championship pedigree type of team, will coach. Sure. Um, you know what you're going to get from them every year. As long as injuries and te- technical fouls do not destroy their chances, they have no reason not to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, do you want me to give my pick? Go for it. I want to hear it. Warriors and six. All right. You were leading Celtics for a while. I'm glad <laughs> you came to the dark side. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'll, my breakdown, I'll start with the Celtics first, is they have some secret sauce to the formula. Marcus Smart, one of the best guard defenders in the league. He's going to be able to guard Stephen Poole. You know, he's going to make things hard. Jalen Brown. Uh, the guy White on the off the bench, Derek White. Yeah. They they can, yeah, Derek White. They're gonna run around, chase around Clay all day in the track meet, known as Clay, known as Clay Thompson, Great Williams, and uh, Jason Tatum are gonna be probably the guys guarding Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know that's 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 a tough matchup, and Al Horford and Robert Williams can switch. They could switch really efficiently. They have the secret formula that the Cavs had defensively when they had Tyrson Thompson, who was younger and could really be smooth and switch. Um, And you need that to beat the Warriors, and they have that. And they have something else that you need to beat the Warriors, which are two guys that can get buckets on their own. They don't need systems to get them scores, you know, get them buckets. Because, you know, if it's... If it's just one, yeah, we can expose you like Luca. You know, we Luca can drop forty, but we'll just stop everybody else from scoring. It's harder when it's two guys. You know what I mean? And you know they have that going for them because they can beat system, they can beat defensive systems. Um, you know, uh, I think that you know Al Horford helps with the veteran leadership and the mind that he has he's going to be really integral and uh they're going to make things hard at the rim you know they match up well they match up well uh so they have those things going for them and the things that the warriors have going for them is like the the Boston Celtics they can switch you can't expose anybody in drop coverage. Like the Bucks got exposed with Al Horford sinking all those threes. Grant Williams sinking all those threes, and the th- you know on the corner, you know from drop coverage, you know what I mean from exposing that. So you don't have the, any of those advantages um, that the Warriors negate 
Draymond Green's going to give Jason Tatum hell when he's on him. I mean, that's about as bad of a matchup as you can get. Yeah. Poor Jason Tatum. Um, you know, he, even though he's probably going to be guarding Aho for most of the game, you know, he's going to switch and he's going to be, and if they get him on switches, it's, it's going to be tough. They might not even try to run ball screens against the Warriors because, I mean, you get Draymond Green on that ball screen. Like, uh, I want the guy who was originally guarding me to guard me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, that's something the Warriors have going for them. Another thing, for an intricate thing that the Warriors have going from them, there's a few things that really makes me um, believe in them, is Steph Curry and Jordan Poole will account for 48 minutes at the point guard position. Name me a point guard that those two guys have to guard. That they really have to work to guard defensively. No money. So they can just rest. Yeah. Those two can just rest. (laughs) Marcus Smart, please beat me. (laughs) You. Yes, you. Take the tough contested shot. Yeah, I love to see it. Hey, good job, Marcus Smart. Really like the way you play. Peyton Pritchard? Man. Oh, that guy. He's tough. This is that's a shooter. Let him shoot. I mean, don't let him shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Jordan Poole, it, even though Marcus Smart is going to guard them so well, you know, he's going to have they're going to have all the energy and, you know, it's going to be so draining. And another thing is I feel bad for Jalen Brown because he's going to have to chase Clay Thompson all day. That's 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 exhausting. <laughs> like whenever White's not in the game or Brown's in the game, like you you know, just think about all the ways the Golden State Warriors attacked Luka Doncic with off ball screens. You know, Jalen Brown's really gonna have to put in a ton of effort. You know, I mean, Jason Tatum, even Jason Tatum can't just stand in the corner. He's got to guard Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins might dunk on him a few times. You know what I mean? Like he's got to still guard him. You know, yeah. so they can't sleep. You know what I mean? They can't just stand there. Against the Miami Heat, Max Strauss, yeah, I can just stand there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jalen Brown, oh, this is so hard. All I got to do is stand here and guard Max Strauss. He's just going to stand here. I can just get the rest. Like, you don't have that against the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Warriors, you know, all the scores for the Boston Celtics are all the scoring positions for the Golden State Warriors, so they just don't get the rest. You know what I mean? Um and Al Ho- I mean, Draymond Green doesn't really have an issue either, so he's just going to be able to go extra hard on whenever he switches on somebody. He's like, finally, I have to do something. Guarding Al Horford is just so hard. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's those are some serious matchup issues. Um, and yes, uh, the Golden State Warriors to hit fifth gear. Is I mean they're they're gonna win two games just by hitting fifth gear, where they just get so hot and they're just gonna win games and it's just gonna be insane. And another thing is, we've seen the Miami Heat give the Boston Celtics issues and expose their non-passer on the court. The best passer on the team's Al Horford. You know what I mean? Like Marcus Smart's not the greatest, you know passer jason tatum is not the greatest passer you can expose them a little bit and the warriors are gonna test them mentally the warriors are a great 
wrinkle defense. What I mean by that is one possession, they'll be running two, three zone. Another possession, they'll be running box of one. Another possession, they'll be switching. Another possession, they'll not be switching. Another possession, they'll be running some convergence of man zone that it's just like, what is that? I don't, what, what is going on here? Like they, they really, they are top tier mental like mental chess game defensively mm-hmm. and the Boston Celtics have nobody that can play that chess game. They have nobody that can be like, Oh, you're running this defense. Oh, I'm going to make this perfect pass. It's like playing a CP three. You know, that guy is going to read all those things and just dissect it. LeBron James. Yeah. Who gives a, who cares? He already memorized every defense you have. I, the Boston Celtics don't have anybody that can break, you know, it might be a high turnover. They might lose a few games due to high turnovers where they just threw so much stuff at you that you just don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I, I you know, you, we saw that happen to Luca sometimes, man, where it was like, Luca's a great passer, but it was like, man, those, those reads are tough, man. They're throwing so many things at Luca. You know what I mean? They don't have a Luca. They just don't have a guy that's got it here. You know, and I, I think that's going to get exposed as well. Uh, so, you know, because of, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for some of the negatives, I th- would think about the Celtics. But because of the fact that Steph and Jordan Poole don't have to guard anybody defensively and all those matchups and intricacies that I broke down, I'm going Warriors in six as well. You know, basketball addicts were always right, obviously. So, um <laughs> You know, I, I wouldn't be, you know, these, it's going to be great games, you know, uh, but it's because of those matchups, man, I, I, I believe in the Warriors. I think the Warriors win. And do you have anything else to say before I start moving things around subject wise? No, go ahead. All right. Steph Curry legacy with four rings, Golden State Warriors legacy. Let's just say in Three weeks, they win a ring. Let's talk about what happens in legacies wise. What happens with the way we view these teams? What happens with um, where we view him all the time? Is he better than Kevin Durant? Is he better than Magic? Let's break it all down. Let's break it out. You, you, you tell me all those things, man. You talk to me, Chris. Um, legacy wise, is Steph Curry right? I, or the whole team? Anything you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors? Let's say theoretically they win this ring. Okay, so if they win the ring. I think that doesn't really really change too much, um, mm. because we already have the greatest shooter of all time. We already have, you know what I mean. We know what we're right. going to get from Clay. We know what we're going to get, you know, you know, top ten, um, you know, role player of all time. Probably the greatest role player of all time. The greatest shooter of all time. Um, Draymond, mm. one of the greatest defensive minds of all time. One of them. Dear God. Um, yes. I, I think we talked about this before. I just think that nothing really truly changes. But just the number mm-hmm. of rings. Um, we already okay. know what this team is. We know that this team is when put together correctly, coached correctly, they're they're mm-hmm. unstoppable. We've seen seventy three and nine come from this team. Not this team in mm-hmm. particular, but just that core three. As long as we have that core three, mm-hmm. anything is possible. Um, yeah. I don't think it really changes much um, going forward. Okay. I just think that it's just another ring. It's another accolade. Um, mm-hmm. These guys are all Hall of Famers. They're all going to go down as the greatest in their respective. So, yeah, it's not really much. Okay, okay. Uh, 
I guess we'll save KD versus Steph and KD versus Magic after uh, I go through similar things that you just talked about. Yeah. Um, I, I would disagree to a certain extent that somebody that I can think of right off the top of my head is Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr sounds, I mean, the fact that you, yeah, you know, some people might be able to dismiss the KD and KD, Steph, and Clay rings as, man, how good is Steve Kerr? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people can dismiss that. You may not know basketball. I might vehemently disagree with you, but it's cool. You know, some people might dismiss the fact that the, f- the first ring they won when LeBron James doesn't have K- uh, Kevin Love and Kyrie. Yeah, You know what I mean? You can you can dismiss that, right? You can make an argument. So, you know, another ring when we saw him develop young talent like Jordan Poole, now, that's where he enters a special realm as a coach, where he's developed this young talent and gotten to add to an NBA championship dynasty. And I think that's something special and really impressive for a head coach. So I really feel like he's starting to stamp his legacy as he's got a top five coach of all time. He has to start talking about breaking into the top five. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Red Arbach, 111 rings. We got to talk about um, Phil Jackson. We got to talk about Pop. And, you know, I don't know if you want to consider Casey Jones or Pat Riley. You know, Pat Riley might be in that conversation because he was the Lakers and he was with the Knicks in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, anybody else you can think of off the top of your head that might be in that conversation? For top five? All-time NBA coach. Maybe Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan is pretty good. Maybe Jerry Sloan. Yeah. The Utah Jazz. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's where, you know, that's where we're talking about this, where, you know, he can make an argument. You know what I mean? You can make the argument of he's starting to be able to talk about top five NBA coach of all time. So I feel like that legacy improves from this. Um, You know, I personally view him as the greatest NBA coach in the league right now, and I don't even think it's close. Uh, unless Pop, unless you consider Pop another guy there. but um, And then we start talking about, uh, I really feel like Draymond Green. Draymond Green had this moment after 2019 where he didn't look the same, where he was like, man, Draymond Green's starting to go downhill. It's sad to see it. That man has reached another peak. Yeah, You know, we... You could talk about him with the greatest defenders of all time now. You know what I mean? Like Bill Russell, Draymond, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Gary Payton, LeBron James. He's in that class. You could put him in that class for sure. Yeah. I mean, what he's because uh, it was like it would have been a longevity argument. But like, man, his peak was like four years. Now his peak's like eight years defensively. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, ah, that's pretty impressive. So I feel like he improves as well. Um, and you, you can talk about him. I, I really, you know, people compare him to Dennis Rodman all the time, but Dennis Rodman does not do the things he does offensively, or no, does does he have the great defensive mind? Uh, but obviously, Dennis Rodman's a better rebounder, purely, purely speaking. Um, and, uh, you know, Steph, 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 Steph. This is where we're going to disagree. 
I think Steph's legacy improves drastically because that Steph KD conversation, I think I disagree with everybody. Disagree with everybody. I think Steph is better than Kevin Durant. I would agree. Oh, oh, coming in clutch, Christopher Muhammad. All right, all right. I did not expect that. You know, this is why we're partners. Yeah. All right, let me let me t- let me break this down to you. I'm listening. Steph Curry's like Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson never scored more than 25 points per game. Uh-huh. We all consider him as the greatest point guard of all time. Why don't we consider Dame Dollar the greatest point guard of all time? The man averages 29. You know what I mean? We consider Magic as the greatest point guard of all time because the dude was ridiculous at passing the basketball. Uh So many things he did was so much greater than what went on the stat sheet. Man was making passes that, oh my goodness, ridiculous. The way that he made everything easier for his teammates, the way he improved all his teammates, he always put his teammates in the very, very best chances they could have possibly to score and maximized the ability to do that. And none of that goes on the stat sheet. When he makes a pass to a guy who makes another pass to somebody else, that doesn't go on a stat sheet. When right. he's driving the ball, you know, and he draws in the defender because of his length, and he makes a crazy pass, you know, he nobody else could do that, make that open layup for his teammate other than Magic. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that he does that does not go on the stat sheet, but nobody will ever tell you that Magic Johnson is not the top 10 greatest player of all time. Yeah. Nobody would ever tell you Magic's not a better player than Kevin Durant. Why? I mean, Kevin Durant's got more points. More points. You know, so why? You know, KD won those two finals MVP. Why, Jason? Why? Because Steph is like Magic, where everything he does does not go in the stat sheet. When he is pulling everybody else to the volleyball line to guard him, and he doesn't score. And some guy, you know, when KD's got like a football field around him of space because of Steph Curry, that doesn't go in the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. When he is creating all this ridiculousness of shooting it from the volleyball line and running the pick and roll as everything's coming up. Why do you see so many great cuts from the Warriors offense? Why do they pound that into their team's head? Because they have more room to cut because of Steph. The basketball floor is more spaced because everybody else has to guard him far out. Okay, Jason, then why is Dame better than KD? Because Dame doesn't run and turn into Reggie Miller for the next 20 minutes of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's ability to run around and put five eyes on him defensively is unlike anything we've ever seen. He's the greatest off-ball mover of all time, paired with the greatest perimeter shooter of all time from deep, deep range. Uh So all of that movement creates easier shots for everybody else. KD has never enjoyed the one-on-one glory that he gets to get all the time when he was playing with the Warriors that he's gotten with anybody else because that's not realistic NBA defenses because they had to guard Steph. Right. (laughs) So... Even though Steph might not have more all-time points than Kevin Durant, some people might say Steph's not a traditional point guard. Not not a traditional point guard. I know you say that. You know what I mean? But Steph's a good passer. Steph's a solid six point, a six assists per game guy. He makes the right passes. He's a very good passer. Is he an all-time passer? No. 
but he's a great finisher at the rim. Really good. His layup package is second to Kyrie. Yeah. And you pair all that together. What's the argument? The argument is he is like magic where he makes everybody else better. And what did we just see KD do? Did he make his Boston, his Brooklyn Nets teammates better against the Boston Celtics? No, No, he did not. No, he did not. And that is because he has the deficiency and it's not being able to pass well. And when he is the guy, the guy, the number one guy in an offense, and he doesn't have a guy who can pass and attack the rim and be a point guard, he has a bad team. Look, you know who looks really good right now? Russell Westbrook. Why didn't he ever have that issue with OKC Thunder? Uh, Yeah, would you want four offensive players against three defenders against Russell Westbrook? The year after year after that, he wins the... He sets a triple-double record, averaging 28. Yeah. Wins the MVP. You're not running four on three. Four offensive players against three defensive players with that guy? No, you're not taking that risk, so they're not doubling him. And if they do, you get defeated by Russell Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like, KD, for most of his time, has gotten to enjoy the riches of playing with two top 10 point guards of all time and one guy that, if he was healthy, would be in the conversation as well, and his name's Kyrie Irving. Mm Mm-hmm. Does KD have better stats? Yes. Yeah. But I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. What's the point of basketball? Winning. Right. Who leads to winning? And that comp that formula is more complicated than just scoring. And Steph leads to winning more than KD. And oh my gosh, the Golden State All Warriors. Oh, only them can run their that offense. Oh, so you're telling me. That as a basketball fan, you would not be able to see that the guy that can shoot from the volleyball line and can run like Reggie Miller off ball wouldn't be a good fit in a movement offense where you move him off ball and you run pick and rolls at the volleyball line. I mean, who's not seeing that? That's like saying you see Giannis and you're like, you know what Giannis needs? He needs four people in the paint. He needs no spacing. (laughs) You don't know basketball. So Steph impacts winning more than KD and he's the better player all time. You go, Chris. Damn. I was I couldn't have said it better myself yet again. Um Yeah. Um I completely agree with that. Uh Steph Curry really does impact winning more than KD does. We've seen it. We've seen it. Um we've seen mm-hmm. the difference. Um when KD's on his own team you know what I mean? He just he needs that second person who is able to carve up the defense with their passing ability, and because that's something that he doesn't mm-hmm. possess. We've seen that he lacked that by watching the Boston Celtics Brooklyn Nets series where he got swept. The only team in the playoffs mm-hmm. to get swept. Why did he get swept? Because he can't pass the basketball. Because mm-hmm. coaching sack sucked. Um, True. because they doubled him and he didn't have nowhere to go. He couldn't figure out where to go yes. with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not yeah. a, one of the great thinkers of basketball, but he's one of the great scorers no. of basketball. Um, goodness, yes. You can put the ball in his hand and he can get you a bucket, but if you ask him to make the right pass, it's it's next to impossible for him. Um, but that's not mm-hmm. the case with Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you give him the ball, tell him, go get me a bucket, he can get you a bucket. You tell him mm-hmm. to pass the basketball and to get other people involved, he can do that. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's just the big difference is just their their level of skill on both sides yes. of the ball um is mm-hmm. just different um mm-hmm. so just curry is better Cur- mm-hmm. curry's better and honestly kd needs curry to win yeah but curry doesn't need he KD. needs he... no 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 not at all i mean how good is clay and dre Clay's probably averaging 22 on the Orlando Magic on a bad team. He's probably averaging 22. And Draymond Green on the Orlando Magic's not the same player. Now, he'd be a great defender, all those type of things. Yeah, yeah I get that. But it's not like he has another superstar with him on yeah. these two rings, if we're assuming he wins this year, without KD. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. That's extremely impressive. Yeah, it is. So man, man, oh man, oh man, the legacy of Steph Curry. Oh my goodness, what he's a, what a beautiful thing about basketball. The man, not highly recruited, goes to Davidson. Nobody cares about him until he goes in the match madness run. Minnesota Timberwolves choose two point guards in front of Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, and you know. When you have skill and some people, you know, are like Steph Curry, where they work like nobody else, uh, the world is yours. And yeah. that's what Steph is. Steph Steph is an amazing, he's like LeBron, an amazing superstar in the w- ways of human being. Like, he's just one of those good human beings. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. All right, so Steph versus Magic. Greatest point guard of all time conversation. Oh, it's tough. It's so tough. So tough. tough. I I probably have them ranked back to back. Wait, no, depend on where I have Bird because I might have Bird up higher and stuff. It's so tough. Greatest point guard of all time. I would say Magic. I say that. It's not far, though. Like, it's mm. really close. It's like damn near 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the sense that they're very similar players. Um, no. minus, a sh- yeah. minus the shot, you know, the shooting ability of Seth Curry, just off-passing ability, elevating the team, making everybody around them better. Um, mm. And just in that sense, then they will be closer. Mm-hmm. Um, the shooting, but I think that with rings being one, it could make a difference. The only thing that I think would give Magic a little bit of an up with that is just his battles with Bird. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that level of competition that he had to go through. Would 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 push me would push me to choose Magic above Curry. I'm not saying that Curry didn't have battles, yeah, but LeBron. <laughs> he battled LeBron. Um, yeah. but then he battled LeBron with KD, and then we mm. haven't seen a battle with LeBron and Curry since. So it's mm. I would say that just off, you know, facing that Celtics team every year, damn near, you know. Mm. And then coming out on top, and that's in like in the best of whatever. Um, 
just being the just winning that series of just Lakers versus Celtics, who was the better mm. team, the better franchise. I think that pushes Magic above. Yeah, the legacy argument is interesting from that aspect where he did him and Larry Bird did legitimately save the NBA. Um, I would say won the battle. Yeah, that's true. You know, Magic. Magic is so phenomenal. He's he's six nine. Um, he's basically an all star power forward skill in a point guard's gifts. You know what I mean? So special from that aspect. Um, I think he had way more talent on his team. I mean, Kareem, Kareem, Kareem and Kareem. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like Steph getting saying LeBron is not good because Magic and Bird are probably the best two players, but like the third best player in the league, Steph gets him mm. on his team, like Kawhi Leonard. It's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> mm. um, and James Worthy was a real guy. Like, oh my goodness. Brian Scott, AC Jones, you know. It's, it's a close matchup. I'm, dear goodness, is this close. It's so close that I'd have to know what my team is. Because Steph is a great point guard. But, you know, if I have a point forward with him, like Scottie Pippen, like Draymond Green, like LeBron James, like anybody that could pass the ball that's really, really good, then we can run the Steph Curry offense, right? And that I would probably take Steph over Magic. But if I don't really have anybody else and I just have a bunch of bucket getters and post guys that need the ball placed to them at the right place, right, you know, placement, then I take magic. It's it's so close that I'd have to know who else I have because there's so it's like it is splitting hairs. And, you know, that's that's a phenomenal thing is Steph Curry so good that he's splitting hairs between magic and Larry Bird. Yeah, I really feel like he's risen above a Tim Duncan. A Hakeem Olajuwon, one, a Moses Malone, a Dr. J. You know what I mean? Like he is in a different tier of those guys now. It's it's what we've seen him do, or the way he commits to winning. It's it's where he's starting to move into that grouping, and you know it's a phenomenal to see. You know it really is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The greatest player ever under six foot four by a gazillion miles. Easily. It used to be like Isaiah Thomas, Allen Iverson, that conversation. Uh, it's him. It's him. All right. Let's uh, let's run through some stuff. Uh, Devin Ham. I think that's the name. If I mispronounce his name, sorry to hear. Sorry Darvin. about that. Uh, Darvin Ham. Just got hired by the Lakers. Milwaukee Bucks head, uh, assistant head coach. What do you think about that? I think that'd be good for the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. Putting somebody with championship pedigree, somebody who's who knows mm-hmm. about winning, who knows about coaching a superstar, True. you know, or you know, assisting with coaching a superstar in Giannis. Um, I that's think a good that, point. that's that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Another good thing is what I think that what it takes for the Lakers to be successful, especially with the coach, is that mm-hmm. your star player has to buy into their system and into their coaching. And I think that as long as LeBron is buying in 
and has accepted him as a coach, then they can go far. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what it boils down to because you don't have too much to coach. I mean, it's just Carmelo, Russ, and LeBron make that work somehow. Um, and then, like, because you don't have anybody else really. So as long as you can, mm. get, you know, get LeBron to really buy into what you have to say coaching-wise, then I think that you mm-hmm. can have a successful season. Yeah, I you know I I don't really know that guy that well, but I would say that we've seen a lot of good assistant head coaches make the jump from head coach in the last year. Jason Kidd, Ime Odoka, and Monty Williams. Monty Williams was the Doc Rivers assistant head coach for a while. You know, Jason Kidd was the Lakers head coach assistant head coach for a while, and um, Ime Odoka was Greg Popovich's assistant coach for a while. So. Uh, so, you know, there's a pedigree and there's something there to that. Um, and I would say also building around Giannis is not that different building around LeBron. So I, I think a guy who comes from, okay, we have a great guy that can dissect a defense and attack the rim and put pressure at the rim is a similar dynamic. So I, I could see that working. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like it's a pretty solid hire. So, um, the next one is about Russell Westbrook. What should the Lakers do with Russ? Mm. I'm of the of the mindset that you can trade if you can sign and trade Russ, then you should do it. If not, mm. you should try to make it work. Um, we can't forget that we know who Russ is as a player. Um, Mm -hmm. the biggest problem has been trying to figure out how to really incorporate Russ and LeBron together. But if, you know, with new coaching coming in, we can figure out how we can make that work. Mm -hmm. Um, I would stick around with it because, I mean, yeah, he's taking a step back, but you just have to have him build his confidence again. Once Mm -hmm. his confidence is built up again, you know what I mean? He's not really on the downward slide, kind of maybe not really sliding as fast as he was this season, maybe more so kind of on a gradual slide, we can see something good come out of him next season. Yeah. Uh, I think Russ is a volume player. And I, you know, I, I, I would trade him. I would trade him. I would start a new, I would move on from a volume guy like that next to LeBron and, you know, try, he's a, a lot more of an attractive contract to trade this next year because he's an expiring contract and $48 million coming off of someone's books sounds a lot better than what it, what it was last year. So uh, I would move him. I'd move him, and I would take whatever it takes to get him. I'd move Taylor Horton Tucker, too. And, um, you know... Phil Jackson saying that uh, LeBron James is not is somebody I would trade away is ridiculous. I don't know what Phil Jackson's been away from the league for way too long. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would move on from Russ and get pieces back and build from there. I would build if, from there, and if um, you can get hope, Zach Levine, I yeah, you know, I just I don't know if they're really gonna. You know, it sounds a little unrealistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds like. Something that was probably made up, honestly. That's my gut feeling about that. Something worthwhile I will move Russ for, but if you can't get anything worthwhile, your best bet is John Wall. I'd rather stick with the Russ. Yeah. I, 
I'd probably go John Wall. Absolutely. I I would go John Wall because he's a better passer and he's a better you know, John Wall doesn't shoot too many shots. John Wall can accept being coming and coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Russ Russ is the better player. It's just it's just an odd pairing between him and LeBron. Uh so yeah, that's my take. Yeah, very odd pairing. I just wouldn't take John Wall at all, mm. especially because he hasn't played any games. Mm, sure. Yeah. Unless I'm gonna he might be court. fresh like Al, Al, though. Al, Al didn't play games for a while and was yeah. healthy now. I don't know. We'll see. See what happens. Yeah. They might make a move. Yeah. They might not. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is the natural stopping point. Do you agree? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, you know, we really appreciate you guys. We've been uh, really growing lately on downloads and those type of things. We just appreciate you guys for uh, hitting that download button, hitting those uh, listening to our podcast. Anybody new, anybody from TikTok, anybody that's new to our platform, we really appreciate you guys. And we really strive to give you guys great content. We're going to continue to strive to give you guys great content. And, um, yeah, and we also have a goal of trying to you know, reach five stars. Consistently.